this is Val, and this is Sam. Sam and Val, Val and Sam. Um, this is Deep Naked Thoughts, and today I have a very good friend, former athlete, former national champion. What year do we go to nationals? Oh my goodness. Like maybe 2012, 2013, 2013. 2013. Um, AAU, yeah. Taekwondo. Yes. And uh, today we're having some hot chocolate. Um, what is it? Aztec hot chocolate. Aztec mocha. Yes. Um, and we are here to kind of talk about anything and everything. Yes. Um, so tell us, Sam, what okay, have you well, done? Where have you been? What is up? What are you doing? Tell me. Always a lot. Okay. Always all <laughs> over the place. I think I'm known for notoriously nobody knowing, like, actually what I'm up to. But you're doing something? <laughs> but currently, so I moved back to New Mexico at the beginning of this year. I moved back in January from Colorado Springs. And... I think, you know, I kind of fell into, like, a really bad, you know, health, right? You know, just all together, you know, and, like, my mental health and my physical health, you know, and my nutrition just in every aspect. Like, I just feel like I wasn't doing well, and I feel like it wasn't until about, like, June or July of this year that I really started to, like, take my health seriously and really started to look at my life differently and really approach how I was approaching life just completely different from what I had been doing because it had not been doing me well. Yeah, yeah. And so I made a lot of changes to my life, and now currently I'm on a, like, health, fitness journey. Journey. Yeah, okay. Which um, kind of started out of necessity, you know. I was doing really bad. I had um, relapsed on drugs, you know, I've since I think about 2019, which is roughly going on four, almost five years now, okay. I've been yeah. struggling with a really bad um, benzodiazepine addiction. Okay. And, um, you know, has its ups and downs. But at the beginning of the year, I felt like I had really gone through a lot of loss. Okay. You know, and... Yeah. I think throughout my life, really, and, you know, maybe that's talk for another time, but, okay. you know, throughout my life, there's just, I've never really had any great coping mechanisms for myself, so, you know, just the, the ways that I decided to cope, you know, whether that was adaptive or maladaptive or, you know, you know, just good or bad, usually bad. So yes, bagels right and uh, thank you so much. Thank you, you're amazing. Thank you, thank you so much. All right, y'all, we got food. Um, by the way, shout out to Rincon de Mesilla because they made this happen. They put us in this beautiful room, custom yes. shoes, you guys. Um, each one is Everything different. Everything comes from Mexico. <laughs> Everything comes from Mexico. Everything's handmade. <laughs> we're like, this turns into an ad, <laughs> like a, like this short commercial break. Clink um, on the Mesilla. Real cute little uh, place in the Mesilla. Plaza. Yeah, I know. You should check it out. Shop local. Um, so one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because uh, the other day you're like, oh, I see you as a big sister, and I was like, oh shit. I'm like, well, I see you as a little sister, and. Um, I don't know, I think I've seen you, I don't want to say I've seen you struggle, but I've seen your struggles, and I've also seen you come out of them, and I'm just so proud of you, and I just think you are one of the strongest women that I know, but I know all of us have our struggles, and like, you have your own, I have my own, 
and like all that I can do is be there for you because I can't solve your problems and you can't solve mine and so like all that we can do is just really like show up for each other and so I've seen you and I've seen your growth and I've seen you like how do I say like I see you show up and try again and like constantly work on yourself and be a better person and so like I just want to say I'm super proud of you but then at the other end like I've also like lived so much with you and we've trained together and like we've cheered each other on and we've cried together and we've watched each other hurt like be physically fucked up <laughs> Be like, girl, that girl fucked you up bad. Be like, yeah, I know. Just watch each other semi get knocked out. Yeah, you're just like, oh, girl, that's a head trauma. It's a TBI for sure. Yeah, I know. Be like, what do we? Why do you guys have issues? Be like, you know what? We yeah, did a lot we... of brain damage. Oh, and then we're all competitive. Like we were literally just yeah. training in yeah, the dojo, just that was beating the actual shit out of each other. Every girl in there was so competitive. Every girl there was so competitive. Yeah, it's like, what, what was your beating the shit out of each other? Yeah, what was your typical Friday night? Like, well, I was training. I was definitely getting beat up or beating up some people. Yeah, my coach, he was very tough. Yeah, high expectations. Boys, boyfriends, what was that? We weren't allowed to date. We weren't allowed. We dated in secret. <laughs> oh my god. Um, my our boyfriends. Um, I did not date in secret. No, she didn't. I did. I did. My first boyfriend was Val's little brother. Oh yeah, she did. My little brother, and my my poor little brother. I love him. I love him. But he was very so shy. Sorry. He was very shy and like very like put together. And Sam was very outgoing and very loud. They do say opposites attract. Yeah, and then and then Sam was just really good, like very combative, just very good, very good technicality. And so I remember one time she beat him up. <laughs> I was like, oh, and it was crazy because I'm like Sam's my friend, but that's my little brother. But I was like, oh. And then his technique just should have been there. His technique should have been there. Oh my god. This podcast is gonna turn into <laughs> analyzing that fight. Because you saw, you remember the fight. You were in the fight. I watched the fight. I saw my brother. Oh god. Anyway. Anyway. Um, no, I completely agree with a lot of the things that you're saying. And um, it was really hard for me. I don't know how it was for you, like growing out of being an athlete. Because I remember having this very lean, very muscular body that, I don't want to say didn't look female, but it didn't have like boobs or a butt. And then all of a sudden, like growing into like a woman, I'd be like, oh Lord. And like gaining weight and then like not knowing how to cope with that. Like that was a big deal for me because we grew up getting weight in. Like that was part of our lives, like making weight, making weight running, making weight, and then all of a sudden, like, not making weight. Making weight was insane, because I don't know which weight class you were in, but I was, like, I sat at the very, very bottom of my weight class. Like, I barely made it into my weight class. So I was, like, bordering weight classes, so there was, like, no room for me to have any error. Oh, my God. In oh my, my weight. Oh, my God. You know, because if mm-hmm. there was any error in my weight, I was having... Because if I just dropped just enough weight, I was at the top of the the weight class underneath me, you know? Mm-hmm. So then yeah. I was training to be at the top of that weight class. And mm-hmm. if I didn't make weight, now I'm at the bottom of the next weight class. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm not... Well, realistically, the way we were trained... Uh-huh. We the way we fought, were trained. We yeah. could have fought anybody bigger than us. Yeah, you know, because the weight classes actually us, wasn't a big deal. Yeah, they made us fight men. They, they made us fight <laughs> well, guys. I was, 
Yeah. Like, I've always been pretty small. Like, I'd say, I mean, I've always been, like, You're around very five petite. foot. Yeah, yeah. And, like, at the time that I was, I was, like, maybe 120 pounds, you know, but that's, like, my whole body was just, like, muscle, you know, and muscle mm-hmm. weighs more than fat. I was very small. And I was training with, like, 230-pound men. Like, I remember one time I put my whole body, like, flew into the wall, and there was a hole. Oh, my God. In the wall. At <laughs> there Master was Pestius. a hole in the wall. Because he, I was fighting with Mr. Bunting. And, oh, okay. And, you yeah. know, Master Castillo comes over, and he's like, you're not hitting her. And he's like, well, she's, she's little. She's small. She's, little. she's he's like, hit her. And he's like, oh my if God. you do not hit her, I will hit her. Yeah, dude. And so he looks at me and he goes, I'm so sorry. But he didn't think, he thought it was the better alternative for him to hit the absolute shit out of me. He thought that was the better alternative to Master what? Castillo kicking me. I so. don't know. It's like abuse. It's like, do you rather be abused by somebody you know? <laughs> Or somebody you don't know. I'm trading you. I loved them both. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just getting these beat up by men I loved. Oh, my God. No, these are great episodes. this is how um, my relationships, I formed them. Okay. I'm just right. kidding. No, um, wait, what? I'm like, okay, that's a deep thought. Um, <laughs> that's a deep naked thought. I'm just kidding. Um, that um, was supposed to be a joke, but she did not laugh. <laughs> Sometimes therapist style is out and about. That's like one of my other personalities. I'm and I'm like, like, oh, yeah, okay. sorry. That's a that's a oh. trauma joke. I'm like, oh, do you want to talk about that? That's how I started loving men who beat me up. No, like, do you want to talk about that? No, no, I'm totally um, That was a joke. Everybody. But um, no, I remember, I know exactly what you're talking about weight classes. I was at the bottom of my weight class. And I never liked dropping weight to be like at the top of another weight class. So I kind of just stayed. I was kind of like in the same spot. But it wasn't until later in life. I think growing up, even like in middle school, high school, I was completely okay from like eating disorders. Like I was okay. Like I could go to McDonald's and have Taco Bell and Burger King and eat whatever, anything I wanted. And it wasn't until I was in college there was like a particular coach or a particular female and she was very much about making weight and cutting calories and going on a cut and those thoughts and those words began to like get to me and it wasn't until I was in college that I think like I had my worst eating disorder um, and I was overtraining and I was also a cadet at the time I was in ROTC and I was running an insane amount of miles I was training for nationals, I was kicking, and I was binge eating or not eating or eating when I could because sometimes I just didn't have time. Like, it was the worst time of my life. Like, I honestly, like, it was so bad because you need food to, like, process. Like, food is fuel. Yeah. And, like, I remember... the times you should have been eating probably the most. The most, yeah. And, like, I was in college. It was my freshman year of college. And I just remember, like, I couldn't focus... Like, I almost fainted once. I almost fainted several times. Like, I almost fainted on a run. I almost fell asleep driving once. I fell asleep during my lecture class. And I still managed to pass all of my classes. Like, I still graduated with, like, above 3.5 GPA. Like, amazing stuff. But I was just not kind to myself. I just didn't know how to transition. I just didn't know how to transition from being an athlete to not being an athlete, to being in college and being an athlete, to being a cadet, being an athlete, and being in college. Like, it and was... I think college actually probably was the time that I noticed it too. Okay. Because, like, 
I did stop martial arts when I was still in high school, but then after that, I was, like, on the, the dance, dance team, and yeah. then on the comms team, yeah. and then, you know, after that, I got into weightlifting, so mm-hmm. I've always been very active. active, Yeah. you know, so that was never really an issue, and then I went through, like, a sort of, like, emancipation, so I did leave my household earlier than 18, and I... Mm-hmm. Remember, that was kind of hard because I did graduate a whole year early, mm-hmm. you know, but the, I had to do, like, night school. I had to do summer school. I was working two jobs, and then I moved out, and it was, like, rent and, like, trying to figure out how to be an adult, and then I don't know how to do anything in moderation. So when I went to college, I... Extremist. But she, was, kicked, it. she kicked out. She killed it. She killed it. She... Like, I did not graduate. I did not smart. kill it. <laughs> She went so hard, she, she, she yeah, like, I actually killed it. I had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, stop. and I'm trying to find that sweet spot of, like, not, like, overkill, like, not, like, zero to 100. I'm like, and you, we, could, we could operate at 50. I was like, studying engineering. Like, that is literally enough for people. Like, why? I studied, I studied primarily environmental science mm-hmm. with a double major in industrial engineering, which was only one math class away from a minor in uh, mathematics. So I picked up the minor. And then I was also the engineering council representative for the Society of Women Engineers. So doing that and working two jobs was um, insane. Kind insane, of but I'm done. Insane, because yeah. the like yeah. the workload for those classes is crazy. And then it's mm-hmm. like having to figure out the math is already something that's kind of hard enough if it doesn't come naturally to you. And then you're figuring out how to code the answer within some sort of program because that's how your answers are due. Yeah, yeah. So like. Knowing the math isn't enough. Yeah. Like, once you know the math, it's, like, knowing enough on how to code that in and how to program that into your systems to even turn that in. So it was just, it was time-consuming. It was hard. And so at some point, I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I remember that chapter in your life because I remember you've just gotten your beat tattoo. Um, I remember you were posting a lot about NMSU, NMSU Engineering. Like, I remember, like... I don't want to ever say that like, I was so proud of you because of the things that you were doing. Like, I'm proud of you because of, like, who you are. Those are just things that you've done. And that's one thing that I've learned from therapy and, like, working with kids is that sometimes they're like, oh, Miss Vella, I got an A. Are you proud of me? Oh, Miss Vella, I did this. Are you proud of me? And I'm like, I'm proud of you because, like, you keep trying and you're doing your best. Aww. But not because, like, you could have gone to B and I would have been proud of you. If that's your best, I'm like, high fucking five. Like, like I'm proud of you because you're trying. But I remember in that time, I was like, holy shit, like, Sam's killing it. And um, I think I see a lot of myself in you because I did similar things where, like, I used to pride myself in my achievements. Like, I think I went through an identity Mm -hmm. crisis when I wasn't doing martial arts because I got a lot of my validation through my medals. Like, my medals, I'm like, well, this says I'm first place. So what are you going to do about that? Like, does that make sense? And then it was, like, after the whole, like, medals, and, like, I was like, yeah, people... Like, I've had, like, Olympic trainers, you know, come up to me and tell me, like, you know, I'm really good. And they're, like, you know, Olympic trainers, you know. And, like, then I went to Colorado Springs, which is, you know, where a lot of Olympic people are and train because the elevation's so high and it's so cold. You know, it's a really great place to train. And I found amazing trainers, you know. And, like... I actually completely lost my train of thought. No, 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 no. But I think 
martial arts has made me an amazing human, oh. very determined human. Yes. But it also, the competitive aspect, and then the competitive aspect of, like, you can win something shiny and, like, say, like, you beat all these girls in your division or, you know, things like that. I got a lot of my validation from that. I don't even think it's the shiny things. I think it's the fact that constantly just feeling like... Are you ladies doing? Are we doing okay? Doing great. Thank you. Okay for now. Thank you. I feel like I always just feel like, um, I feel like the constant need to overcome something. Yeah. So like, and then like, I feel like in our martial arts, yeah, and I feel like in our martial arts studio growing up, like, there wasn't just like, you know, I feel like there's people who obviously were like, oh, remember, blah, blah, blah. They were so good, you know? Yeah. But there wasn't like one singular person who stood out as like the best person there. Like, I feel like some of us fought each other and it was actually like really hard and difficult. And like, we I feel like everyone constantly challenged each other. So it was just like, you know, like I feel like just like constantly just like overcoming and like even if it was just trying to beat the people within your own school, you know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, because th- that determination carried on to everything we did. And that's, like, the thing mm-hmm. that I noticed, especially with you. I feel like that's why I saw you as a little sister um, was because it's, like, she's killing it in martial arts. She's killing it at dance. She's killing it in school. She's killing it here. Like, everything became about, like, being number one. And it wasn't even, like, being number one in your class. It was, like, just be your best self. But, like, getting that praise, like, that dopamine high of, like, oh, like, the accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, like, that's the only way that I feel like people ever showed up for me. Like, my parents, I love them so much. But I don't think they were very loving and tender and, like, you know, like, they only showed up for me when I was on a stage, getting a medal, going to an acceptance speech. You know, like, I had to actively perform to get love. And that's how I felt. Well, okay. And so, I think this is so crazy because I didn't even... And a lot of my friends, like, reached out to me and told me that they held hard feelings over this, but I didn't invite anybody to my graduation. Oh, okay. Because I didn't think it was a big deal. Okay. Because I had never really been praised for anything, no matter what AP classes I took or what honors classes I took or what film festivals I won or Mm -hmm. if I was first chair in the symphony or the orchestra or the media program or... The palms team or the dance team, yeah, or any of the number of the things that I did. You know, I was one of three people in my entire high school that competed in chemical Olympiad, which was acid titrations and, you know, chemical formulations and things that, you know, I didn't learn till I was studying chemical engineering in college. Yeah, you know, and I was doing things like that and just had never received praise for all, all these work. things. And I feel like everyone always praised and they're like you're so amazing like you do all these things you know everybody praised me and I kept doing more and more and more and I felt like it was like a praise for my parents to be like oh we're so proud of you yeah and that never came so then like my graduation came and I was already like emancipated and on my own by the time my high school graduation came and so like I think they gave me like a $50 gift card to like go out and eat like we didn't even go out to eat to dinner together so there was just like no source of like validation I guess and so once I like graduated high school I was just like like what do I even look for now like I wasn't even doing that stuff because I liked it like I just wanted to be praised that and I never received it so then I'm an adult who's just always wanted praise who's never gotten it and I'm just like 
Yeah, and like to your point, what you just said, I had that realization where you're like, who am I even doing this for? Because I remember it was, it hit me when I was in grad school. Like I got my bachelor's, killed it. Like graduated Crimson Scholar, like heck yeah, killing it, killing it, killing it. And like I had a good job, like by the time, like I was already like working in my field. Like I was already setting myself up to go to grad school. And then I remember being in grad school and like absolutely hating it. And not even knowing like how or why I got there. And being like, I'm like batshit literally doing this. So somebody be like, we're so proud of you. We love you. But nobody's doing these assignments for me. Nobody's staying up late for me. Nobody is stressing out with me, drinking all this coffee. I was working three jobs because I was living on my own. And like I had a place, I had rent to pay and bills. And like I was like, I felt like I was killing myself. And like for who? For somebody to like clap for me? And, tell and I me feel they like were once proud. you like come to that realization, and then you're just like, "Who am I doing this, this for? for?" You know, then you just like, kind of everything just like changes. And I feel like, you know, sometimes you're 24 years old when you ask yourself, you know, you, yeah. when you ask yourself, and you're just like, "Really, wait." Yeah. You know, I think like every couple of years, it's healthy to kind of just like reevaluate. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the last time you know I reevaluated the same way I have this year was when I was like 17 years old, yeah. you know, and I was forced to start life by myself, you yeah. know? So that was yeah. the first time I had done it. And even then I had started adulthood with a little boyfriend or whatever by my side. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I wasn't really quite figuring it out by myself. And when I moved back here, you know, I amidst divorce and stuff. So I've just had to really sit down and reevaluate like how I want to live life. And I sat here and I'm like, what do I even like yeah you know and the only constant thing in my life you know throughout as long as I can remember the only thing I've truly like loved and like has stayed consistent through my life is like martial arts yeah I agree not always the same dojo not, know, always, not the always the same, same martial, martial art, art. Yeah. you know I've jumped around from many many martial arts I'd say I'm very yeah. versed in martial very arts cool. love that you know but like no matter what like that's just always been like the one constant in my life like I think like martial arts is like my love, my passion. Yeah, me like too. that's that's my yeah. thing. Like people are like, What do you like to do? And I'm like, I like to hit people. I like to hit people, yeah. We have issues. <laughs> no, but we I think um, to wrap this first interview up, I think that's a good place to leave it is like I think questioning yourself is healthy and like questioning why you're doing the things that you're doing. Like, am I doing this so somebody can see it? Like I don't know. I want my ex to see how great I'm doing. No. Yeah, um, I think a really important thing is like you need to live for yourself. For yourself. Like yes. figure out what you like even yes. and just live for yourself. Ask yourself those hard questions like why am I doing this? Is this for me? Is this for somebody else? Do I like what I'm doing? Um, how, do I, how did I even end up here? Like is this something I see myself doing for like the next couple of years? Um, and for me in my master's, I was like, I hate this. Like, I never want to do this again. I'm like, why am I even doing this? That's what I did with engineering. I actually hated it. And okay. I actually would never go back. I would never actually even get that degree. Okay. As far as I got into it, I would, I would never actually finish yeah, it. Yeah, that's how I feel about grad school. <laughs> that's how, but it made me so smart. It made me very, like, it made me very intellectually smart when it comes to people. But besides that, I'm like, I fucking, I'm not using it. It's okay. Um, so, last thoughts, Sam, for this interview. What are you thinking? What is something that you'd leave the audience behind? Um, love yourself. Love yourself. Live your life. Live your life. Don't count the calories. Okay, don't count the calories. That's a good way to end <laughs> for that one. That is episode one with Sam on Deep Naked Thoughts.